from St. Paul's second epistle to the Corinthians, working together with God then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good evening, friends. Glad to see you here today. You know, I, uh, every Ash Wednesday, I'm reminded of an episode that happened to me back in my early 20s. I was working for Siemens Corporation as an IT director, making lots of money, and I had this sort of a reconnection with my faith as a kid. It wasn't very strong as a kid and actually wasn't very strong in my 20s either. Uh, but at one point I decided to go during my school, my workday, leave at noon and go to church to to, for Ash Wednesday. And I went in feeling kind of cocky and I got my Ash stamp, you know, got the seal of approval and walked away, you know, feeling kind of holy, kind of holy. And then I went into the office and someone looked at me and said, looked at me strangely, and they went, oh, oh, Ash Wednesday. And I'm thinking, yeah, of course. And I'm feeling pretty good about my outward display of piety. And the person said to me, yeah, Ash Wednesday. She, they said, you know, you know, Rodriguez, uh, I didn't know you were a Christian. And I said, Ooh, that was not good. <laughs> and let me just say this. If, if this is, if when you go out this evening to public to pick up something for dinner, or I said today at the noon service in the chapel, if this is the first idea that someone has that you're a Christian, then man, you're not doing it right. And I wasn't either. And of course, that's actually the call, right? The Christian life is always a call to be continually reminded of the necessity of the human heart to be called back, to be called back to God's plan for us. Because man, if you're like me, and you are, the Christian life is one step forward and two steps back, oftentimes. And the bad news, if you want to look at it that way, is that we are sinners. We are broken, fallen sinners. Every single one of us, me included. But the good news, you see, the good news is that Lent is a chance for us to recognize this pivotal aspect of our beings, that we are not the people we either want to be or could be. Maybe we're working on it, but we're not there yet. But but the great thing is that once you acknowledge your sin, your brokenness, whatever you want to call it, and bring it to the cross of Jesus Christ, he can forgive you and restore you and heal you. And that is what Lent, friends, is all about. It's all about being brutally honest. And I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean being honest about who you are and who you were, wish you were and who God wants you to be. Acknowledging that acknowledging that you and I are works in progress, but by God's grace we've been saved, now we need to act like it. You know, if you read back to the epistle tonight, which I've never actually preached on before today, uh, St. Paul is writing a letter of encouragement to the church at Corinth in Greece, not Mississippi. And he's writing a letter to the Corinthians in, in, uh, in Greece, and he is, he's writing about the enduring faith of other Christians who are being persecuted and who have been persecuted. You know, one of the problems, in my opinion, with the church in America and in the West at large, I would submit, is that we've just got it too easy, man. We've forgotten that Christianity should cost you something. And in a lot of parts of the world, then and now, it costs you something. It might even cost you your life. And Paul reminds the Corinthians, and he writes out this sort of brief litany of these other Christians who are suffering. And he says, he writes that they are, he describes those who are suffering for the cause of Christ, his words. And he says things like beatings, and imprisonments, and riots, 
And I'll confess to you, when I read that the other day, it reminded me of an Eagles game, frankly. <laughs> but Paul is not describing an Eagles game. He could be, but he's not. He's actually describing the Christian walk, right? And what he's saying, and this bears us to really think about this Lent, and I'm going to lay it out there plain for you. What Paul's saying is, look, man, life is hard. Suck it up. Life is about suffering. Life is not easy. Not always. I'm not saying, I, I am, if you know me, I am not a negative person, and I'm certainly not somebody who gets down on life or depressed or anything like that. There are, I have many, many aspects of my life which are joyful. My wife, my three children, my congregation, my Christian friends. But the fact of the matter is, man, if you're honest with yourself, life is hard. Life is suffering. There's an old Greek expression the Greeks used to say, and they were nihilists, they weren't Christians, that life was nasty, brutish, and short. I knew a girl whose email, and <laughs> come to think of it, at Penn State, this, her name was Susie, she's about this tall, and her email was nasty, brutish, and short at yahoo.com. But you know, it's actually kind of true, right? But we don't despair, Christians. Read again what Paul says. We do not despair. We do not despair, though we have you know, riots and beatings and imprisonments, but we don't give up, man. You know why? We got Jesus. Suffering for the Christian is difficult and hard, yes. Suffering for the Christian is something we need to be ready and willing to admit to. And something for the, something for the, suffering for the Christian is something we need to speak openly about with our brothers and sisters. And for crying out loud, put away the Facebook, man. Facebook, I'm convinced, maybe all social media falls into this, but you ever stop and think about it, what Facebook is? It is the creation of an illusion. It is the creation of a false reality. It is a creation of, of a life in which maybe you wish it were, but it's not. But Christians, we are called to be honest and real and sincere and show that suffering does not grind us. It actually strengthens us. And I'm going to show you. The writer to the Hebrews says this. This, I think, is astounding. Lots of astounding stuff in Hebrews. But this is something I want to share with you briefly tonight about this idea of suffering and suffering actually having a purpose. Listen to what the writer to the Hebrews says about Jesus. Ready for this? Although he, Jesus, was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Listen to that again. Remember, Jesus is God. But he's also fully man. Although he, Jesus, was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, Paul continues, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. See, friends, here's the point, right? For a non-believer, suffering is something to be avoided at all costs and go on Facebook and create this false reality. No, man. For the Christian, we realize suffering has meaning and purpose. In fact, it teaches us to lean on God. It teaches us to be obedient to him. And if you think about it, in your own lives, it's true. When the bottom falls out, when you're desperate, when, you're, when your life is falling apart, we are forced to turn to God because we got nothing else, man, right? Think of a time in your own life when the bottom fell out, right? And we've all got different stories, but it's kind of all the same in one way. When the bottom falls out, when we're suffering, we are forced to do one of two things, get angry and bitter and resentful, or lean on God and learn obedience by trusting in him. 
And you know, when you, when you, when you, take, when you realize that, Jesus, that you have nothing but Jesus, you realize that all you really needed was him in the first place. You know, in my own heart and in the people I've ministered to, and in your life too, if you think back to periods of your life when you were really suffering and struggling, you know something? God does his best work there. Yeah, it's, it sucks when you're in the middle of it, but it's the truth. God does his best work when we are suffering and we are obedient to him. When we do what he says, not because life is easy, man, but because it's hard. And the reason is we learn to trust him. We learn to rely on him. We become stronger. We become fearless. We become unstoppable. So friends, let me just say this to you as I wrap up. This Lent, man, don't let this opportunity to pass you by. Don't let the opportunity of Lent, the struggle of Lent, embrace the struggle, embrace the suffering, not because it's pleasant. I'm not a masochist by any stretch of the imagination, no. Because suffering, when you acknowledge it and bring it to the cross, it grows you up. It grows me up. It grows us all up. It teaches us to be obedient to Jesus. And if you think about it, growth in every part of your life, every part of your life, always involves suffering. Everything. All growth involves suffering. Give just a couple of quick examples. You know, do it, you, you do the hard work of going to school, right? You want to get a degree. You want to get an MDiv or a PhD or an MBA or whatever. You go to school. Man, that's suffering, right? But it gets you from here to here. All growth is a result of suffering. Maybe you want to get, maybe your marriage is having problems. You, you, go to, you make the decision with your, your spouse to do the hard work of really talking through, and it gets you from here to here. It's hard work. It's suffering. It's struggle. But all growth is a result of suffering. Maybe it's with your kids or your grandkids or your health. Whatever, man. Fill in the blank. The point I want you to see here is that all growth, all growth in the Christian life or in your life in other, other areas is always the result of suffering because the reason is there's a purpose to it. And the purpose of suffering, friends, is not to avoid it, but to go at it head on. To grow us up to become the men and women who God wants and intends you to be. Joyful, not be. joyful and happy and at peace, not as a result of our circumstances, friends, but despite them. Not joy that comes as a result of our circumstances, but joy that comes even in the midst of suffering and doubt. Why? Because we've learned we can be confident in God, our Father, even in the midst of suffering because we know it has a purpose. So friends, this Lent... Let me challenge you. Suffer well. Embrace the struggle. Because God uses this, you see, to train you and I in righteousness. To train you and I to teach him, more, learn, lean on him more and more. To force us sometimes to go, man, I got nothing. And that's where God does his best work. Because you know what? You got nothing and neither do I. But he has everything you need. And he will use this Lent, if you, if you take it seriously, to train you in righteousness and to bring you closer and closer to him. Thank you for tuning in to our Trinity Episcopal Church podcast. To find out more about the work God is doing through Trinity, visit us online at trinitybureau.org and follow us on Facebook. Facebook.